Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down with co-hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests and talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self and step boldly into who you're created to be, the confident woman. Let's go. All right, ladies, today we have with us Dr. Tabitha Barber. Tabitha has devoted her life to giving women a voice and a choice when it comes to their health and well-being. As a young girl, she struggled with self-esteem, identity issues, dealt with peer pressure, and survived the ridicule and stigma of becoming a teenage mother. As she shared in her first published book titled From White Trash to White Coat, The Birth of Catherine's Purpose, those events led Tabitha to finding her purpose in life with perseverance and grace she was able to redirect her path in life and become a successful position. So welcome, Tabitha. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm sure that we're going to dive deep into that story and all the works that you do as your journey to becoming that successful physician and you know, helping women with their health and their well-being from the inside out. So welcome. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Yes. Awesome. So, so tell us a, a little bit more about the becoming aspect of it, right? So you had mentioned that you have your book that you had published and being a teenage mom and all the things that you had to really kind of overcome those limitations and struggles that have really, you know, now empowered you to fully embrace everything and give back to those other women. So let's dive deep into kind of like the conversation aspect of it and a little bit more of that story. I'm curious to know. Yeah, so I was a wild child. I didn't really follow rules or have any authority growing up. I got to do what I wanted, and it quickly led me into the wrong crowd and making bad choices and all that stuff. And I didn't really have any dreams of going to college. I hated school. I, you know, I was a D student at best, and I wanted to be a rock star. So I ended up pregnant in 11th grade and that really shifted everything. And I had to go on Medicaid and food stamps and a doctor was assigned to me. He was an old grumpy primary care doctor on the verge of retirement. And he made it clear that he didn't want to take care of me, that he had to. And things were done to me. Nothing was explained to me, you know, procedures, injections, exams, all these things. So it was a very scary, confusing time in my life, and I had a very traumatic delivery, and I came out of that a changed woman. Like I went from girl to woman and woke woman, like all within a very short time, and I realized that how I was treated was not okay, and God told me straight up, like, get your stuff together. You need to figure it out and become a doctor and help women have a voice and a choice because this is not okay. And so all of that pain just led to my purpose. You know, I think we all have a pain to purpose story, but I think some people get stuck in the pain and stuck in the negativity and they never find their path and life keeps repeating the, you know, the lessons and we don't learn and we go on. So luckily I learned the lesson the first time that I needed to be in control of my life and make better choices and be thoughtful about things. And so I got my crap together. I got my GED and graduated high school and I figured out how to go to college and 
surprisingly, I got all A's. Like when you want something and you believe in yourself and you find other people who believe in you and you ask for help, like it's amazing what you can accomplish. I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned as a teenager was you have to start asking for help, no matter how scared you are, no matter if you feel like people aren't going to listen, you do have to speak up and ask for help. And that's why I'm so successful because I did that. And so, you know, fast forward 20 years, I got through undergrad, I got through med school, I got through residency, and here I am with this amazing job. I'm chief of staff, chief of the department. I deliver all the babies in town. Like I should be super happy and grateful, but I was miserable and I was broken and I was like stuck in survival mode. I I wasn't raising my babies. I was, you know, delivering babies all night and seeing patients all day and falling asleep at my desk. And like my body was physically falling apart because I wasn't taking care of myself. So it's like... I went into medicine for a really important good reason, right? To help women. And then I realized not only was I failing them, but I was failing myself because I was stuck in a broken system and the system broke me along the way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, eventually I found the world of functional medicine and I made a huge difficult choice to leave and I've never looked back. It's been the most rewarding, hard decision I've ever done, but it was necessary. And so I just keep realizing that you can't give into the status quo. You can't just settle and do what's expected of you because that is not where your greatest life is. That's not where your purpose is. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, so true, right? Like there's so many things that just came up as you were sharing that. And, you know, it made me wonder like, when life feels like it's coming at you with all the struggles, the challenges, the adversity, the people that weren't in, in your life there to help, you know, help you along the way, support you, encourage you, all those things, right? It could either make us or break us. And, you know, having that awareness to, at such a young age, especially, you know, realizing like, you know, I don't know anything about being a teen mom or or delivery or the pregnancy and all this stuff, but you knew this isn't how you treat people. This isn't the care. This There's something not right here. And that knowing you knew deep down, and that became that pivotal moment that you said, this is my purpose, because the pain was so much. And you're just like, if I'm experiencing this, then this has got to happen to all these women. Like there's just something not right about it. And recognizing that early on, not only changed your trajectory of your life to shift that pain to your purpose, but also your daughter's birth became the purpose and the will to, to make sure you succeed in going after that. That is that is so inspiring because we sometimes miss all these things that happen, right? Mm-hmm. And we're just so, you know, kind of sometimes like blind to the not knowing that we don't have our eyes open to the understanding aspect of it. Um, and just a, the, such an incredible story because, again, you kind of preface that, like, I was barely getting by. I was a D student. Here you are. You completely changed your life and you're getting A's and going out there and doing the work that was intended that you made that promise to God and God delivered. He's like, OK, I got you. And then recognizing now there was that kind of identity shift, that detachment, like, how can you? 
be this woman that does all these things, but yet you have neglected and foregone your own health and well-being. So that's where, again, shifting again in life with like purpose, like I have to be this better version, like here, I'm pouring all my energy in helping other people become their best, but I'm falling to the wayside if I don't take care of me. And yeah. so I think I can relate to so much of that latter part. Now, obviously, I, I can't relate to being pregnant. I'm not a mother. Um, but having that awareness and recognizing you're using your pain for your purpose. And you had mentioned that earlier. And that's what I encourage others who are listening. The same thing. I always say like purpose comes from, you know, passion and, and uh, pain. And when you mix them together, that's like that sweet spot, right? Because it lights you up in both ways. But, you know, showcasing the the hard work and all the challenges that come at you, how they don't define you or limit you, but yet you saw the potential in yourself and your purpose and that kept you going. So that's, that's just awesome. And so you, how long ago was that, that you shifted from, you know, being chief uh, of, of staff or what was the? Yeah. So that yeah. was only like three years ago. Oh, wow. So it kind of fresh. Yeah. And you know, I just think of it in terms of we're either the victim of our life, life happens to us and we just react, or we're the victor, we're in control, we're making choices, we are consciously directing our thoughts and our feelings and our actions. And so I just learned early on that I didn't want to be the victim. I was not okay with that when kids would tease me. And tell me, you know, oh, you suck at school, you're so dumb, or this or that. It was like, instead of being like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I can't do that. It was, I'm going to show them they're wrong. And you just have to decide, are you a victim in this life or are you a victor? And I think it's ingrained in us to be a victim, to have that victim mentality. It's like, oh, woe is me. Nothing ever goes my way. Why is my boss so mean? Why do people not like me? Why can't I lose weight? And it's like, you have to shift your mindset completely. You have to do a 180. And I've always had a strong faith. I've always known that God had my back. I can, you know, rely on the fact that Jesus was my savior. And so I can make mistakes and continue to move forward. And so I've always been okay, because I've had those beliefs. And I think is you don't have to be Christian, you don't have to believe in God, but you have to admit there's some higher power driving the universe and connecting energy, you know, whether it's positive energy or negative energy. And I just truly believe like, what you put out is what you get back. And so if you're expecting good, amazing things, if you're expecting a life of joy and, you know, abundance, that's what the universe is going to provide you. And if you are expecting heartbreak and scarcity and debt and misery, like that's what's going to show up in your life. I see it every single day in my patients. And so doing that work, is so key. Like that is how I got out of the broken system. I started being mindful. I started thinking about my thoughts and meditating and realizing how destructive our subconscious thoughts really are because our brain is trying to protect us. Our brain wants us to survive as a species. And so it's constantly on the lookout for things that are scary. It's got, it's very fear-based and it will keep you stuck. Your brain doesn't like you to change and do big different 
things that are uncomfortable. It wants you to stay. And so that's why we talk ourselves out of stuff all of the time, because our brain's like, oh, no, don't do that. That would, you know, cause change and a shift. And so we have to get control of those thoughts and shift them and change our behaviors accordingly, because that's the only way to move forward and make progress in life. I truly believe that. A hundred percent. I 100% agree on that. And it's so true because when we talk about being a victim or a victor, right? So how many times do we get held back by our own thoughts and our limitations, our beliefs? So whether they're ours, but then we get, you know, compounding that with, with peer pressure to our friends or family, society, culture, norm, whatever that is, it feels like we we're under attack, like literally we are. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, shifting that perspective, you know, asking ourselves, is this happening to me or is it for me? So allowing that shift in perspective changes that narrative and changes how we view the world. Mm-hmm. And so everybody has challenges. And if we succumb to those challenges, then that's exactly what we are. We become a victim of that situation or the circumstances at hand. So recognizing that early on was something that you, again, kind of shifting that when you, you said not today, this is not who I am. This is not who I'm created to be. I'm, I'm much stronger. And if I can't do it on my own, then I will ask for help. But more importantly, I have my faith, right? So you always have, you know, God and and Jesus and, and having that support system and uh, just having those people around us here in, in this earthly world here, that encourages us to, to continue walking that path and, you know, not feeling so alone, but it's just, it's an inspiring story that you can almost, you know, tell yourself because you're recreating it. You're creating something anew and, and giving yourself that power. And I know that you said you felt like powerless, like your life was just like out of control and you wanted to reclaim some of that power. So having that awareness was just so key. And then what you said, like when things are happening to us, we could be bogged down and just stay stuck, right? We become that victim of those situations. Mm -hmm. But the struggle, the challenges, that's what's unique, because we're constantly under pressure, and the pressure defines and refines us. And it continues to allow us to evolve and grow. And that's how we continue going through life with these challenges so that we can become a better version of ourselves. And so you having walked through that, and that becomes a testament to your life, but also what is possible for anyone else, as long as you recognize what's in your way, isn't going to stay there permanently. You can always go up over around or uh, uh, through it, right? So there's so many different ways to get through this wall that Mm -hmm. feels like it's holding us back. And sometimes we just can't see that because we're so, so deep in our own, in our own mess, that it's hard to look up and see a way out. Oh, exactly. I mean, I hear that every day from my patients. Oh, yeah. I was living it like I would sit in these monthly meetings with four or five different managers running the hospital system, and they would just constantly tell me, you need to see more patients, you need to do more surgeries, you need to deliver more babies, you know, and meanwhile, I'm telling them, I cannot do this. This is not sustainable. You're killing me. You're destroying my marriage, my family, and me physically. And they didn't care. And I hear this every day from my patients. Like, I'm miserable. I hate my job. But we stay because we're taught that settling 
and being safe and having that security of your 401k and your salary and all of that, those safety measures are where you're supposed to live. And that's not living at all. And so I always come back to the belief that everything happens for my good. And so if I step out and I make a shift and I leave this cush salary job, all this security it's going to work out because I'm supposed to grow as a person and I'm supposed to experience life and move forward. And so if you feel secure in that knowledge, you're going to succeed. You're not going to fail. You know, I had no idea if I would have any patients going out on my own or what I was going to do. You know, it was, I gave up surgery. I was a surgeon, gynecologists are surgeons. And that was a huge part of my identity, you know, and I completely gave that up. But it was so worth it because I knew that that was the true way to help women and to heal myself and to save my family and everything else. And so you just have to be secure in the fact that the universe has your back. And this is what I did. So I envisioned the woman that I wanted to be. I used to, you know, I would say to my assistant, like, I want to drink coffee while I see my patients. I want to have time to go running and work out in the mornings. I want to have time to cook dinner every night for my family. And so I created a life that that woman would be living. What would that woman be doing every day? Well, kind of choices would she be making? And I lived into that because that is the only way to move forward is to have a vision of a different future and to start acting into it because you're never going to just want to exercise. You're never going to like <laughs> want to do those things. Your brain will talk you out of it. But yes. if you make a conscious decision that this is who I'm going to be, and these are the steps that that person would do to live that life, you can make anything happen, like literally anything. I just, we have to get back to the belief of having magical beliefs in ourselves because we lose all of that when we grow up and we just think that we need to settle. It's so sad. Yeah. And it's, it, it's so true, right? Because like, like you just said, I mean, how many of us are just doing just that settling. It's like, we want those things, but are we willing, whatever we want has to come at a price. It's going to cost us something because otherwise where we're at, we can't take on anymore. Right. So it's just kind of layering. If we're going through life and getting older, it's almost out with that, that cliche, like out with the old and in with the new. So it's going to cost us something. If we give up a piece of us for this newness that we're about to embrace or step into. But I love that you had mentioned, you know, like you create this vision for yourself and that was the vision and said, you know, in your vision, you're just like, okay, but it's not going to be this kind of life. What I currently have, I have to let go of pieces. And so you started envisioning this woman you started showing up as her. And like you said, leaning into this higher version of you. And as you continue doing that, the choices you make are basically shaping and shifting. The world is responding. The right people are showing up. You're attracting mm -hmm. who you want to surround yourself. You're giving yourself that opportunity. And as simple as that sounds, it really is that simple in the process because it comes down to the one, one thing, right? You made a conscious decision. You chose. Right. 
Exactly. And we confuse our brains, you know, it's like we want to give up sugar. So we say, oh, we'll eat cookies only 80% of the time, or we'll drink Diet Coke 80% of the time. So every time you go to decide on what you're going to drink, that 80% has to be renegotiated in your head. So you're constantly like paralyzed by all these decisions your brain has to make. So if you make it clear, like, I exercise in the morning. I wake up at this time and I exercise, even if you have never done it before, but that's your decision moving forward. It's so much easier for your brain when you wake up in the morning to say, oh yeah, we need to get up and go exercise as opposed to, well, do I feel like it? Am I tired or not? Like, Stop giving your brain choices and excuses to sabotage you. So you have to be clear in what you want and what are the necessary steps to get there. And the steps aren't always enjoyable or great, but that's part of growing and that's part of life, right? Right. So I just think it's so important for women to take the time to sit down and say, am I feeding my soul? Am I actually happy? Am I living the life that I want to live? Because I will tell you, if you're not, and you're not feeding your soul and not having joy and not doing what you want, it will show up physically as disease. I see it every single day. It shows up as thyroid issues and adrenal dysfunction and hormone imbalance and gut issues. And it leads to chronic fatigue and it destroys marriages. And it's Like women lose their jobs and their careers because they don't take the time to deal with any of this. It's sad that we have come to this point, you know, so I'm thankful for podcasts like yours that are like getting women to think again and feel hopeful, like, oh my gosh, wait a second, it's not too late. So I'm almost 50 years old and I just shifted my whole life and I'm busier than ever. I have a four month waiting list for patients. Like life is amazing. And it's because I've been purposeful about it, you know? So you feel the fear. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm scared to death. I'm never going to have a thriving practice again. I put all those fears aside and I did it anyway. Yeah. And, and it's so true how we let fear just either hold us back. It cripples us or whatever that is. And, you know, those who are listening are like, yeah, maybe I'm stuck at that point right now. Maybe I don't even know what I want. Well, just even a starting point is getting clear on the fact that you don't want what you have right now. So you don't have to know the future. You don't have to even know what you want, but when you're fed up with what you have, that is the choice right there. You just made a decision because you put a, put a pin in it. You said, no, I I can't keep going this way anywhere. And so it opens the mind to start thinking and looking intentionally for alternative solutions. Like, okay, how can I get out of this situation? How can I change what's happening? What can I do differently? And you had mentioned, you know, about changing your thoughts and changing your behaviors and your actions, right? But I think more importantly, when like when you're talking about I'm not a, a person who works out in the morning, right? So all of this stuff, it comes down to who you believe you need to be to achieve the dreams that you set out to to walk right to to go out mm-hmm. after and so it comes down to that power of identity and how much you had be, like you touched upon this in so many words but it was this is the woman i need to be and that became this higher version of tabitha like who what does she look like who is she what she wearing what she's dressing how she acting and you're like you know i'm walking around with my coffee i'm doing this i'm doing that so you've already lived that once in your mind 
And so now it's about creating it here in this reality, in this life. Oh, how much I resonate with all that. And even (laughs) all these different seasons that we go through, it's like the same lesson will show up as a different experience in our life. So we might've like, oh, I I did that, you know, back in, back in the day. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But you didn't learn it yet today because this is a new lesson in a new day. And it's just so cool when we can connect the pieces and come back to it all over again. And, you know, your story had brought you into, you know, as a functional gynecologist and then really helping women to not only just reclaim their power or to overcome uh, burnouts and reclaiming their health as well, but like the overall holistic approach to the health and well-being from our mind to our body to our soul to our connections with others as well. So those that are listening, maybe they're like, okay, but what exactly is a functional gynecologist? Um, <laughs> I'd love for you to kind of put that in layman's terms because I I'm curious to know as well. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, I made the term up because I was a I conventionally trained gynecologist. You know, I was doing hysterectomies and colposcopies and delivering babies and doing all those things. And what I came to realize was, you know, I was giving birth control pills or antidepressants or whatever medication. And when that didn't work, I would do a surgery and women just never really got better. They never actually felt better. Like I might've cured their acute issue, like their crazy heavy bleeding. I got rid of that or their super painful periods. I fixed it for a couple months, but they always came back with the same complaints and then a few more. And what I realized was that I was doing them a huge disservice because I was not actually addressing the reasons why they were having these symptoms. I was doing Band-Aid medicine. I was covering up the symptoms to give them that quick relief. And, you know, estrogen dominance is the perfect example. So, so many of us will start to have heavier periods in our 30s, early 40s. And we often get them put on birth control pills or we get a Mirena IUD. And if that fails, we get an endometrial ablation. And then oftentimes we get a hysterectomy because we bleed through that or now we have pain from the ablation. And then a few years later, you end up with like breast cancer. And the problem is we never stop to say, why were you having heavy periods? what was driving that process? Let's fix that process. Instead, we just cover it all up. And we're now understanding that that is a hormone imbalance of too much estrogen, not enough progesterone long-term. And your heavy periods are just a symptom. Your body's trying to talk to you. And we've totally been trained to ignore our intuition and not listen to our body when really that's exactly what we need to do because it's telling us stuff all of the time, all day long. And if you don't listen, it will eventually start screaming. It's, you know, like pain all over your body, joint pain, chronic fatigue, chronic migraines. These are just symptoms of a deeper issue. And so, Conventional gynecology is just Band-Aid medicine. It's like, let's get rid of that symptom. Whereas functional gynecology is figuring out what is the dysfunction in your body? What is the root cause of that issue? And for like estrogen dominance, it's all about too much chronic cortisol production from stress, sluggish liver from too much alcohol and over-the-counter medications, 
our poor standard American diet, we call the sad diet, not enough progesterone because of stress. And like the list goes on and on, all the xenoestrogens and the plastic that we eat and drink and slather all over ourselves. So if you address all of that stuff, the heavy periods stop, the PMS stops, the migraines stop, the breast tenderness stops, and you don't have to take dangerous birth control pills or have all these procedures and surgeries that have major complications associated with them. And so we're just, we're failing women big time in -hmm. conventional medicine. And so it's my mission now is to like get the truth out there. So women realize that there is another way and you don't have to keep relying on your doctor for your Band-Aid medicine and not actually living an amazing, full, vibrant life. Like you can feel amazing at 50. You don't have to feel miserable. And if your doctor's telling you you're just getting old, like you need to run and find a new doctor. Yeah. Somebody like you, if you're in the, in the area or, or (laughs) are you just in the area or do you also uh, do anything remotely? So I am almost all virtually. I do have an in-person practice. I'm licensed in like 28 states. So I see women all over the country, but there are a lot of functional medicine practitioners and integrative practitioners who are well-versed in women's health and hormones. And you can live a beautiful, amazing life and not be stuck in that broken system. There's, There's a way out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just, you know, having you explain that how much I'm sitting there just nodding in agreement with you, like, oh my goodness, like that was me. And, you know, even at the start of like my, my own personal journey, it was just, I realized that, I mean, it took a little, like a hot minute to realize like, why am I slapping band-aids on everything? Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to the doctor for the same thing, or I'm like complaining about the same thing, or I just feel like my thoughts are of the same thing. Like, so when we're repeating the sameness, we got to ask ourselves like, well, what actually changed? So I think that was such a great point that you made is that it's not just about, you know, the band-aids and going to the doctors to get the treatment, but getting to the root. And so that I think is just so important, not even just in like functional medicine at all, but to the root of anything that you're struggling with, because Mm -hmm. you can, you can have, you know, like a, pay a, a coach or a counselor or an accountant or whoever that is to slap the band-aids on it. But if you haven't gone to the root, you're just going to keep opening that wound and repeating the process and the cycle. And that's how it kind of is that self-fulfilling prophecy of like, I become a victim because see, I can't get this resolved and this is happening to me. Right. So I love that you talked about that because it's so important getting to the root. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, and- I would just encourage women, like if you are stuck in these negative thought patterns, or you just are hating your body because you cannot heal a body you hate. Like if you are just stuck in that place, you probably do need some kind of physical help to get you back into balance so that you can start to feel better and have hope and change your mindset, which changes your choices and behaviors and everything else. But so many women are so hormonally imbalanced and dealing with issues and being dismissed that it's like they spiral down because they go to their doctor and they say, I don't feel right. Something's wrong. And they're like, nope, your labs look normal. You're fine. And they get dismissed or they get antidepressants or, you know, sleeping pills or other things, which just compound the issue. And so, you know, if you feel like you're stuck in that 
space, like that's where my podcast is empowering. Like I talk about all the crap and why you feel physically the way you do and how it's preventing you from being confident and living your best life because you do have to physically be functioning and have hormone balance to even have the right thoughts in your head. Like when my estrogen tanked recently, like it dropped because I'm getting to that age. Like I didn't want to live. I didn't want to do my job. I didn't want to be married. I didn't want anybody to touch me or talk to me. I didn't even recognize myself. And it was all because I didn't have estrogen. And so women need to realize like our hormones play such a pivotal role in who we are. And when they're imbalanced, it makes us feel way out of sorts. And sometimes we don't even recognize ourselves. So that can be a very important variable in, you know, our lives. Right. And what would you say is kind of the contributing factor to having that hormone imbalance? What would be something that maybe we can recognize that is it our diet? Is it something that we can personally change right now before we even kind of venture off into that path of like, you know, the damage may already be done in that sense. And, and you don't want to, you know, prolong the process to correct course. But if somebody's recognizing that in their current uh, life right now, what is something that they can one, how do you know you're reckon, you recognize it? And then two, something that you can do as a I guess, self-correcting fix, because I guess it doesn't necessarily matter what age you're in because hormones are going to change at all stages, right? Right. But there's definitely some key things that affect our hormone balance. Number one is our gut. That's why I call myself the gutsy gynecologist. It all begins in the gut. There's literally certain bacteria that cause you to reabsorb your estrogen that you're trying to eliminate from your body. So your estrogens get metabolized down different pathways. They get sent to the liver to be deactivated and removed and then sent to the urine and stool. But there are bacteria that will cut the garbage tag off and have you reabsorb that estrogen. And in menopause, that's usually a good thing because your overall level is low. And so it's like, it's recycling it. It's beneficial. It's helpful. I mean, our body has such amazing innate intelligence. It's always trying to keep you in balance, but we screw it up. We get in the way and muck it up. So when we eat the standard American diet that's full of inflammatory seed oils like vegetable oil, canola oil, palm oil, those are very inflammatory. They they just cause this low-grade inflammation in our gut all the time. And that very much contributes to hormone imbalances. Not only that, but it directly contributes to pelvic disease like endometriosis and fibroids and fertility issues because literally our bowels live on our uterus, fallopian tubes, and ovaries. There's nothing separating them. When I would go in as a surgeon into your abdomen, I would have to move the bowels away from the pelvic organs to do the surgery. And with stuff like endometriosis, they were often scarred together. The bowels were stuck to the ovaries and the tubes and the uterus because of all that microscopic inflammation. They produce chemicals, they seep through the tissue and they go on to the next organ. And so, you know, we pretend like these are separate systems and you go to the gynecologist for your pelvic pain and you go to the gastroenterologist for your gut issues but it's all interconnected and it's all affecting each other. And so 
you know, women don't get any relief or any success from their endo and their fibroids and their infertility because the doctors aren't actually fixing the root cause, which is the gut. Mm. So the gut's number one. Like I mentioned, the liver is number two. The liver has to metabolize, which means deactivate or detox almost everything that comes in our body, our hormones that we make, medicines that we take, toxins that come in like pesticides and plastics and all that other stuff that we ingest. Your liver is trying to deactivate them and remove them from your body. And it's now commonplace for us to drink alcohol on a regular basis. This is like the biggest thing I've seen in the last two years is we're all drinking because we're stressed. We deserve it. It's been a long time. You know, we're bored, whatever. But every time our liver has to process that alcohol or metabolize it, it has to set estrogen to the side and save that job for later. And so we get this backup of estrogen. It just keeps recirculating and being reused because there's never time for the liver to metabolize and deactivate it. So we can get estrogen dominance just because we drink a glass of wine every night. Mm. Stress is number three. So like we're living lives that our great grandmothers never did, right? Yeah. Like we are having it all, doing it all, being it all. We are, I mean, it's amazing what we can accomplish, but it comes at a cost. And the way that we accomplish all those things is that we pump out cortisol, our stress hormone. We pump it out all day long to handle, you know, the stressful emails or the coworkers or the kids or the marathon training or whatever the frick we're trying to do. And every time we make cortisol, you actually use progesterone as an ingredient to make cortisol. So you steal your progesterone to handle your stress. And so if your progesterone is low, then your estrogen is not staying in check. Your estrogen's up here, your progesterone's way down here. And that imbalance feels terrible because estrogen is our antidepressant hormone. It keeps us happy and joyful and loving life. But it's also a growth hormone. It grows the lining in our uterus. It grows our hips and our breast tissue and all of that. Whereas progesterone keeps us balanced and in check. It's our anti-anxiety hormone. It makes us feel calm. It helps us sleep at night. And if you don't have that keeping estrogen in check, then estrogen goes a little bit crazy. So chronic stress is probably the biggest reason this is happening. And then, like I mentioned, xenoestrogens from all the plastics that are in the environment. We have over, I can't even remember the last count, but it's, I think, over 3,000 chemicals that have been man-made in the last 70 years that never existed anywhere in human nature before. And our body is getting exposed to these all day long, every day, and it's trying to process them. And there are certain plastics like phthalates and BPA that get in and they bind to our hormone receptors and they send a warped signal acting like a hormone. And so that's why we're seeing puberty starting so much earlier. That's why men have man boobs and boys, you know, aren't lean and thin. They're growing up with boobs and bellies and things like that because all of these xenoestrogens are like a growth hormone signal to our body. And so that causes a lot of hormone dysfunction. And so it's really important to like 
stop heating your foods in plastic, stop drinking out of plastic water bottles, check your personal care products and get that crap out of there because it is causing so much hormonal imbalance. It's crazy. So I would say those are the biggest reasons right there. And there's so much you can do with that, right? Right. Like if you can switch over, get all those seed oils out of your diet and eat coconut oil, olive oil, olives, MCT oil, grass-fed butter, tallow, like all those have good healthy cholesterol that help you make your hormones. They help your cells repair. Those are anti-inflammatory. The other oils are inflammatory. So switch those out, you know, stop drinking every day, keep that for a special occasion. I mean, you can make some major shifts right there. And then figuring out how to get out of that crazy overload mode all day long. Like we're just, we go, go, go. We don't even stop to process anything. And it's like, if you literally set a timer once an hour and did three deep breaths, it will pull you out of that sympathetic fight or flight state and shift your nervous system and stop you from producing so much cortisol. So that can be very helpful. I mean, you can do all kinds of stuff like meditation and different breathing techniques and yoga and taking adaptogens. And I mean, you can do so much, but those are some really quick, easy things that you could start implementing tomorrow and you will feel a huge shift in how you're living. Right. Oh my gosh. If you, if you guys haven't already just rewind all this and write all this down, <laughs> seriously, I just let you go. Cause I was just like, I'm, you're on a roll and I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes. Guilty. Yep. That's me. Okay. That needs to change. And I'm just like nodding here. And you know, you don't, again, don't realize because we can't take into account for every minute thing that we do in life, but sometimes it's like, Oh, the patterns add up. It's all the little mm-hmm. micro things that add up yes. to the macro things. And the next thing you know, you're like, whoa, I'm obviously operating out of hormonal imbalance. And this is why. And so now you kind of help paint that picture for mm-hmm. those listening because all of it was relatable. All of it is realistic. And, and we all live in this world. So it's like, we can't not be a part of whatever you just said. Right. So it's, um, you know, for, for us, I think kind of the feeling like life is, is happening so fast and that chronic stress, right? Because we can't keep up. We feel like every day is a race to get done all the things on our to-do list that never ends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that's the race and kind of an analogy that kind of came up as you were talking about is like that race is also how your liver probably feels trying to detox the alcohol. Because you're masking the the race, the overwhelm with the alcohol and your liver's just like, listen, we're backlogged. We got so much stuff going on here. Like we'll get to your estrogen when we can get rid of this poison in your body. Exactly. And it's just protecting <laughs> you first. And so now meanwhile, liver's looking behind it like, oh my gosh, the, the estrogen line is so long. And so it could just be something as simple as that, like, you know, not entirely giving up your daily wine, but maybe it's just like three times a week to two times a week to once a week. And the next thing you know, like you've been able to manage your stress that you don't even need it. And your body's just feeling so much better because your liver's doing what it's supposed to do. And, you know, even in that health and wellness space, we hear so much about all these detox diets. That's a crock of crap. Like all that stuff, that's what your body and organs are for. And that's exactly what your liver, your kidneys, your gallbladder, your, all the parts, right? 
And so if we just took care of that, we wouldn't have to go on to another extreme of trying to do something else that, that is just putting our body through extra work. Yeah. It does sometimes help to support those detox processes, especially if we have overloaded them. You know, we not only drink alcohol too much, but we take Tylenol PM to help us sleep. Or, I mean, I just, it's insane how much medication that we take without even ever stopping to think, what is my body doing with this medicine? You know, is it just going in and out through a tube? No, it's going through all these processes and it's very hard on the liver and the kidneys sometimes. Stuff like SEDs like Motrin and ibuprofen and all this stuff that's over the counter that's supposed to be deemed safe. It's like, that's because you're supposed to use it in rare amounts, not all the time, the way that we do in this society just to plow through and mask the pain and help us sleep and all this other crap. So yeah, there's so many doable things. Like I, that's why I wrote my quick little ebook, how to balance your hormones naturally. It just touches on some basic things that you can just start doing in your day-to-day life. And I don't want it to feel overwhelming. You know, you mentioned like, it's a lot, but I remember when I first started studying just the amount of environmental toxins that we are bombarded with every day. And I thought I was overwhelmed. I'm like, how do I even present this to patients? And you just take a stepwise approach. You just start with one thing. Like when your makeup runs out, look for a cleaner alternative the next time. When your cleaning product runs out, look for a cleaner alternative you know, try to slowly swap out all that plastic Tupperware, especially the cheap plastic that bends so much and look for glass and Pyrex and things like that, that aren't going to leach plastic into your food and just start to make those swap outs. And if you do that slowly over the course of like six months to a year, you're going to reduce your toxic burden exponentially. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many tips. And just, this has just been an incredible time spent with you. Just (laughs) learning from your inspiring story to how it all got started. And then just leaving us with so many tidbits and little nuggets that we could take with us into our our everyday life. So I just want to thank you for taking this time. And if there's anything else that you want to share with our listeners, something you're like, Oh, that's a juicy bit. I forgot (laughs) to tell them. One of the little things that if you just want to top off such an amazing conversation here. Oh my gosh. Well, like I mentioned, you can't heal a body you hate. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn to to just love yourself where you're at, no matter how much you weigh or what you look like. If you're in chronic pain, like if you can figure out how to love yourself and see yourself the way God sees you, you can start to move forward and shift your life. It's like we would never talk to our kids or our friends the way we talk to ourselves, And that, that, conversation in your head isn't going to change until you start viewing yourself differently. So I would just say, believe in yourself and love yourself. And self-care is not selfish. Can't stress that enough. You have to take care of yourself every single day. Give yourself first, fill your cup, and you will be able to do amazing things and help so many other people. What is something that you do for your fun and self-care? 
Oh my goodness. I love to do whatever my kids want to do. You know, if they want to go to the trampoline park and do the jungle gym or that crazy stuff, it's like, I know I shouldn't be doing that, but I do it. It keeps me young Mm. or water skiing or going on roller coasters and just swimming in the pool with them. And And just forgetting how old I am chronologically and just like going with my heart. And I just think that is the best way to live is to not set limitations on yourself, especially because of your age or your situation. Like just get out there and enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. That was, uh, that was truly inspiring. So, and it's so true, right? Because we can get caught up in our age and say, oh my gosh, this isn't what a, a 20, 30, 40, 50, 67 year old would do, but it's like, just live in the moment and have fun because that child is still within us. Exactly. Like I go to concerts with my girlfriends and we act like we're 18. Like I don't really care what everybody (laughs) thinks. We're having fun, you know, and I'm going to keep doing that until I can't do it. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Everything will be included in the show notes. And of course, how to get a hold of you. If some of our listeners just want to reach out and obviously you are in 28 plus states or <laughs> yep. so you don't have to be just in uh, Michigan where she is located, but she has a, obviously a wide range to reach out and to uh, help, help women. So I just want to thank you again for being here and just uh, sharing everything with us. So thanks again. Oh, my pleasure. Hey there, it's me again. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the confident woman podcast. And if you did, don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. And if you love it, be sure to leave a review. Thanks again for listening.